Welcome to the Starting Line Church Sermons Podcast. Here at Starting Line Church, we are all about helping people embrace that there is more to life through Jesus. This sermon was first given at Starting Line Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey everybody, we are so glad that you are with us today as we continue our Possessing the Promise series all about the book of Joshua. I hope that you've enjoyed this series as much as we have because we've taken a look at how the Israelites made it to and conquered the land of Canaan, the promised land. And there has been a lot that we've dove into, that we've learned throughout this journey of the Israelites. We see that they've been through a lot. They've experienced experience many unexpected, unpredictable things. But what we've realized over the course of the entire book of Joshua is that even in the difficulty and the hard days, God has gone before them and they've never walked alone. Last week, we talked about how the Israelites had possessed the promised land, but they hadn't conquered the entire land Yet There was still a lot of unfinished business when it came to the unconquered spots. And so this would cause a lot of problems, a lot of setbacks for them, because the people uh, who were still there, the Canaanites, were influencing the area and the people with their idol worship and their sin and their evil. All of that was still very present in this place. So even though the Israelites were in the promised land, they weren't walking in total freedom because there were still a lot of lands unconquered. Over the last couple of chapters that we we haven't gone through, but to catch us up to speed, the Israelites had been conquering the land of Canaan and settling into it. And as they were doing that, the land had been kind of divided up and the boundary lines of what was what was put into place. And if and even and if we want uh, if we went through that section and kind of read all of it and went through it, all the list of allotments and territories it probably would bore us, to be honest. But for the Israelites, it didn't bore them. It was very, very important because the land that was being divided up amongst them was God's fulfillment of his promises years and years before. So all of this is going on, and today we get to be in Joshua chapter 23, which is almost the very end of the book of Joshua. And by this time, God has given them, given the Israelites rest from their enemies uh, after years and years of battles and conquests, and we slowly get to approach the end of Joshua's leadership after all this time. We're going to start in verse 1, verse 20, chapter 23, verse 1. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then a very old man, summoned all of Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, officials, and said to them, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. 
So we see an aging Joshua, and because of that, like he knew that he didn't have much more time left with the Israelites, so he calls the nation's leaders together to give them the, their final word of instruction and encouragement. He wanted to give them kind of this last information before he died or before somebody else kind of took charge of leading the Israelites. So he gathers the people together in Shechem to hear his final words. And this is what he has for them in verse 6. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. As we know, Joshua had been part of the nation of Israel for a long time. Uh, he helped them free them from slavery in Egypt. He was around when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. He was there when they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. He's led them in their conquest of possessing the land of Canaan. Joshua knows the nation of Israel very well. He knows their issues. He knows their problems more than anybody else. But he also knows himself. He knows what he was experiencing and going through and thinking about when he stepped into leadership years prior. And notice what he tells them, be very strong. It's the same phrase that God used to encourage Joshua all the way back in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua, more than anyone, knows how hard it is to endure hardship, to keep going during difficulty. So part of his last words to the Israelites was to do with the fact that he knows their weak spots, he knows their problem areas, and he knows that for himself as, firsthand that this life can be really hard. So before he dies, before he leaves, he gave them commands and instructions to help them where they were most likely to slip up. And we see Joshua's overall message to them was, was this reminder of God's incredible generosity and mercy over, the, over their lives. How he has been gracious with his gifts and his blessing and his provision. How he brought them out of Egypt and through the wilderness and into the land of Canaan. How the Lord has fought for them and rescued them from the Canaanites how he has driven out all of their enemies despite all the Israelites' flaws and disobedience, how God has been with them and protected them through so many things. And with all that in mind, with all that that they've gone through, <clears throat> we see Joshua speak to it in his great and final speech. <clears throat> in it, we see two choices that he asked the Israelites to make. And they're the same two choices that God calls us to make in our faith too. Choice number one, to serve God faithfully. Are you going to serve God faithfully? When you do something faithfully, it means that you are staying true and loyal to it. If you are faithful to something, it means that you have consistency with it. 
being faithful means you are living a life that what you say you believe. If you want good grades in school, you're going to be faithful and consistent in doing your schoolwork well. If you want your body to feel healthy and strong, you're going to commit to making sure you're eating healthy foods. Six years ago, Zach and I got married. We made a covenant in marriage that we would faithfully commit to one another in every single way, forsaking all others and continuing to choose our marriage and put it as the number one priority. Just like we have a choice in all those things and much more, we have a choice to serve God faithfully in that kind of faithful way. The reality is, it was up to the Israelites if they were going to serve God, obey God, listen to God, do what he said to do. They didn't have to do any of those things once Joshua was gone and once Joshua was not leading them anymore. They didn't have to follow after God in their new land. No one was holding their hand or forcing them to do it. It was their choice if they were going to obey God or not, if they were going to serve God or not. So Joshua encourages them. Hey, he encourages them to make that choice. Hey, that's a great choice to, to, to make by telling them specific things. Be strong. Be very strong. Obey all that is written in the book of instruction. Don't worship or serve other gods. He tells them not to associate with the people remaining in the land of Canaan because of their evil. He calls them to turn away from the Canaanite gods and be faithful to the covenant they made with the one true God. All these things are a reminder to serve God faithfully. So Joshua, he challenges them to hold fast to the Lord and make a conscious choice to serve God. But the ball's in their court. It wasn't just going to happen because they were once associated with Joshua who loved God. It was a personal choice that they had to make for themselves. It's all up to them. And once and, and, and only they had the power to decide what they were going to do as time went on. So in our lives, like, we have that choice too. If we say we're faithful in our relationship with Jesus, we shouldn't just be saying it. We should be living like we believe it. If we want to serve God faithfully, we're saying no to what the world says. We're stepping into what God calls us to. We're going to church regularly, reading our Bible, spending time in prayer, being in community with other believers, not to go through the motions, but because we desire to be with and hear from the living God. If we are serving God faithfully, that means we are committed to him and what he wants for us. We're putting effort and using energy in our relationship with him. And I'm sorry if you believe this lie, but no one's going to make you do it. It's on you and you alone. So we have a decision to make about our faith, but then we also have a decision to make on that involves other people. Choice number two, invest in each other faithfully. So not only do we serve God faithfully, but then we have a decision to make that involves other people about investing in each other faithfully. Have you ever had somebody invest in you? Maybe it was a teacher, a parent, a coworker, I don't know. Who was it? What was so significant about their investment? Maybe that person spoke into your life and challenged you. Maybe they were just physically present with you and in life's events. 
Maybe they were a listening ear for you. Maybe that person helped you grow and saw things about yourself, good and bad, that you didn't see. Investing in people means that we put our energy, our time, our wisdom, and our relational capacity into them. When I think of people who have invested in me, I think of two words, consistency and depth. Right, Those people who didn't just invest in me one time. It was a regular and consistent thing. And then because it was regular, right, it was deep. They knew my weaknesses, my strengths, my flaws, my victories. For me, I think of someone by the name of Jim Lowe, who was the campus pastor when I was in college at Indiana Wesleyan. When Zach and I were students there, he invested in us on a regular basis. He prayed for us constantly. He spoke into our life and counseled us. He constantly pointed us back to Jesus. When we got married, he officiated our wedding. And all these years later, he's still investing in us. So much so that just a couple weeks ago, I was getting ready uh, for our Sunday gathering in person. And I looked down at my phone and there was a message from him saying that he was praying over our service, praying for our people, praying over Zach and I. It was an investment that was consistent and deep that 10 years later, that relationship still remains. In our story, Joshua is a living and breathing example of what it looks like to invest in people faithfully. In the first week of our series, we talked about how for years Joshua learned from the leadership of Moses. Moses invested in him and trained him and taught him not just how to be a good leader, but how to be a devoted follower of God. And the whole point to why Moses was doing that so that Joshua would do the same thing with other people. So Joshua was invested in, because he was invested in, he was able to invest in other people people. And he did that as he led the Israelites. Think about how long Joshua was with them. (laughs) He knew their flaws. He knew their sin. He knew their setbacks. They saw each other on their good days, their bad ones, and their worst ones too. He was consistently present in their life and there was a depth that he could challenge them and call them out while he was still loving them. And what's so cool about this moment is that in his final speech to them, he's still doing it. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm about done here. It's been fun. I've had a good run. Not really going to worry about the people around me anymore because I've done enough for them. (laughs) No, he says, I still have things that I need to say to you. I still have things that I'm going to say until I, have bre- until I don't have any breaths left because God has called me to invest in others like I have been invested in. You've probably heard us say this before, but life with Jesus is not just about us. We were not meant to walk alone. Our friends and our family and our neighbors and our coworkers were not meant to go through this life alone. We were created to embrace relationships and spiritual community with other people. In a world that continues to isolate, continues to separate from others when it gets uncomfortable or inconvenient or too deep, God calls us to step into what life looks like together. 
That's the purpose. That's the goal. So we can be investing in one another. We get invested in and then we invest in others. We learn and then we teach others. We grow and then we help others go friends. We cannot just sit there and expect everyone in our lives to invest in us while we do nothing to invest in someone else. And we also cannot just invest in everyone else all the time without allowing anyone to invest in us, challenge us, teach us, care for us. We have to do both. In fact, the Bible commands us to do both. We see it here with Joshua. So who are you learning from? Who is investing in you? How are people challenging you? Who are you investing in? How are you caring for others? How are you teaching others? And side note, if you think that age matters in this, it doesn't. We have to get off this train where we think that age is the only factor when it comes to investing in relationships. It's just about being with people, investing in a relationship that matters. In Joshua's farewell speech to the nation of Israel, some of his final breaths, he presents them with two choices that they are responsible for making. To serve God faithfully and to invest in each other faithfully. And the decision to do those things is totally, completely, fully, and 100% up to them. And friends, we have the same choice to make. The question is, will we do it? I believe we can, and I believe we will step into that, but only you can make that decision. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for leaders in the Bible like Joshua who stepped into your calling. And God, we just pray that we would learn from these final words from him to the Israelites. Serve God faithfully and invest in each other faithfully, Lord. Both of those things are such a part of the Christian faith. So let us lean into that. Let us step into that and give us courage to do it. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Starting Line Church or to help support our ministry here, check us out at www.startingline.church. 